This podcast will discuss controversial subjects and what some may think is a derogatory way. We fully respect everyone's freedom of religion and our freedom of speech. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Remedial Sunday School, where we provide our friend Jen with the Sunday school she missed while growing up secular. And I contribute with the colorful commentary. I'm Tanya, a slightly traumatized former Catholic. I'm Claire, born in the Bible Belt and now living in the Midwest. And I'm Jen. I grew up a godless heathen in a happy secular household. I'm looking forward to being traumatized by the same stories that Tanya and Claire were. Solidarity. So you guys, why don't we explain the hows and whys of why we decided to make this podcast? I study medieval art and religion, an occupation in part motivated by never getting the answers I wanted about how women practice Christianity. I saw the Veggie Tales Jonah movie in theaters and may have participated in biblical skits in the backyard with my homeschool friends in kindergarten. I'm also a scholar of medieval art and religion who has been known to drop some innocuous Christian facts in my day-to-day life. And I'm a scholar of pre-modern and early modern Japanese literature and visual culture. I'd like to assure you all that technically I'm a certified smart person, but Japanese studies has not really helped me understand very much about the Bible and other religious things. Thus, I have had my mind blown by some pretty basic knowledge about Jesus stuff that uh, Tanya and Claire have just dropped in everyday conversation. Basically, Claire and I, with a group of circulating guests and friends, will provide Jen with the religious education she missed through the lens of our grown-up scholarly experience. Yes, this shall be the most professional, rigorously academic of all podcasts. As always, sources, interesting images, reading recommendations, and whatever else we think might be hilarious will be posted along with the episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Remedial Sunday School. Today's episode is called, We Will Tell You When You Are Older. And today we are going to discuss Enlighten Jen and our probably very tiny audience. Some religious school readings that were uh, left out due to their scandalousness. So today, trigger warning for incest, sex, sexual discharges, as my annotated New Oxford 5th edition Bible has labeled it in the index, craziness, or as I wrote, cray, and abstinence. So if you're triggered by any of that, don't listen to this episode. And we will also talk about um, some about prostitution though i also like to use the term sex worker though we will just see and this will not be a comprehensive list because some things do work into other stories that we will talk about at a later date so if you're like wait i think there's so and so whatever uh and that would qualify as a some sort of sexual topic um yeah they uh will probably will we'll get to it let's be real if we were going to include everything 
it would be a really long episode. So, yeah, my impression is that most religious texts or even religions in general uh, have a lot to say about human sexuality, uh, which is interesting. (laughs) So today I'm going to read some very short passages to Jen and Claire and get the reactions to these. So we're going to start off with Genesis chapter 38. It happened at that time that Judah went down from his brothers and settled near a certain Adulamite whose name was Hirah. I don't think any of that is important. There Judah saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. These all sound legitimate to me. Okay, Shua, Shua. Okay. Um, He married her. There Judah saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. He married her and went into her. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Not much of a romantic or sensual build up to that, is there? That was a, very that was very, very blatant. I, I do. I, I'm, <laughs> now I'm curious how other translations describe this. You can look that up. I will say that um, there is, I don't see any uh, notes for why, um, about that particular comment, but based on the, um, but based on the next sentence, it's exactly what you think it means. She conceived and bore a son and he named him Heir, E. Are. Oh. oh, I mean, that's not much better than what I was thinking it was. Kind of, yeah, error. I don't think it was. <clears throat> Again, she conceived and bore a son, who she named Onan. Yet again, she bore a son, and she named him Sheila. She was in Shazib. When she bore him, just use her name, Jesus Christ. Judah took a wife for heir, his firstborn. Her name was Tamar. But heir, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. Is there any particular reason stated, or is it just like, fuck that guy? No, 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 uh, nope. No reason. Okay, just cool. I'm just going to was... put a note in here that says, God says, get fucked. <laughs> or just like your face, because you could just definitely see on your face, Jen, that it, it was just, uh, this escalated quickly. <laughs> well, it's just sort of like, uh, there's not a lot of, um, description for like any of these people and it just uh you know this is feeling like hell plays where it just we get people dying left and right and i'm not sure exactly how to feel about it <laughs> i don't think veggie tales made an episode about this <laughs> they're right. definitely not 
though I'm starting to think of one. Yes, go on. <laughs> quick point of clear. So Air Air's wife is Tamar, who uh and, and Judah's like, here Air, take this wife named Tamar. Presumably he told her told him her name. I'm guessing. I'm hoping. Um and then immediately God's like, fuck you, Air, and kills him. Yes. That's okay. Just making sure I have this clear, because uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's very sudden. Yeah. If you want to draw a family tree, Jen. Oh God. <laughs> it's gonna get real complex. Um, real I'd like quick. to direct you to my first note. Let me which is Judah, question mark, question mark, question mark. Where the fuck did he come from? <laughs> you know. We, That's a few episodes away. And you know what? It doesn't matter right now. And then, because uh, it's Genesis, I was kind of like, I, I don't remember that guy. And then uh, I think, oh, no, I don't remember ended... who that is. <laughs> is that some drawn side eye? Uh, yes, it, there it is. The kanji for Nani. And then okay, okay. <laughs> surprised us. Okay. Um, okay, okay. So Judah and Shua got together. Okay. That's the one he went into her. Okay, got and then into so you can. <laughs> I think we should be drawing a family tree. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, so yeah, you gotta... so draw draw Judah and Shua with a line between them, and then their descendants, their three sons are Er, Onan, and Shelah. And then Er was supposed to be married was married to Tamar. And then God killed him. For unspecified wickedness. Okay. Got it. Okay. Then Judah said to Onan, quote, go into your brother's wife and perform the duty of a brother-in-law to her. Raise up offspring for your brother. End quote. Are you drawing a line between Onan and Tamar now? Who you should. I'm putting Tamar then gets into by Onan. But since Onan knew that the offspring would not be his, he's because pretty much it's saying that like um, he was supposed to go impregnate her, but they were technically his brother. They would be recognized as his brother's kids, and not his. To preserve the family line of his brother. Yes. I mean, why do we care about it's his great. family line when God said get fucked, Air? Like, I thought that was just kind of like, I'm erasing you. Isn't <laughs> that supposed to be a sign? I don't know. Okay. This is all about to perpetuate his brother's name and inheritance through his widow's offspring, per the footnotes. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right, hold on. But since Onan, Onan knew that the offspring would not be his, he spilled his semen on the ground mm. whenever he went into his brother's wife so that he would not give offspring to his brother. Okay. So Onan uses the pull-out method. Yes. Yes. He does use the pull-out method, which Onan really doesn't understand that that is actually not a great source of birth control. I mean, it might be better than what they have. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. He might be doing his condoms. They had condoms back in the Bible day. (laughs) The ancient Egyptian ladies had a whole bunch of things. Okay, okay. They used to use uh, like sheep intestines and they would make Mm. condoms from that. Really sets the mood. 
<laughs> Nothing like wrapping up your sausage like a real sausage. Uh, <laughs> less than stellar birth control hey, choices. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Put that down as a sticker, a potential sticker. It's time to wrap up your sausage like a real sausage. <laughs> I mean, I like going on so far. <laughs> I mean, He's not into it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a little weird. So yeah, he uh, he pulled out. <clears throat> what he did was displeasing in the sight of the Lord, and put him to death. Also, oh, okay, okay. So <laughs> now, God hates pulling out. Yep. All right. So that Monty Python song does have a little bit of truth to it. <laughs> well yeah truth uh, and, uh, an origin story I mean, the original context of to impregnate your deceased brother's wife seems to have gotten dropped off the radar there for a while so ah. but yes that was the message that survived all right yes uh onan's death is attributed to his refusal to perform this duty of impregnating heir's widow tomorrow probably by coitus interruptus thanks oxford (laughs) which which but there is a term called onanism Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or onanism Mm -hmm. that's supposed to mean masturbation yes that you're wasting your seed yeah i was thinking this might be the origin of that because it sounds like a very familiar term and as someone who's translated many many poems about masturbation in the Edo period. <laughs> that term has crossed uh, my my field of synonyms to use for the deed. <laughs> then Judah said to his daughter-in-law, Tamar, quote, remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah grows up, end quote. Which makes me think that Shelah is like a child. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Or at least young enough to not be able to uh, perform the coitus or go into Tamar, as it were. (laughs) So that's uncomfortable. Uh, For he feared that he too would die like his brothers. So Tamar went to live in her father's house. I don't really get that. And so he said, remain a widow in your father's house. For he feared that he would too die like his brothers. I I don't quite understand that logic. Like, Judah's afraid that Shayla will die? Oh, 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 oh. He's, yeah, he's worried that Shayla will die, but so he sends her to her father's house. But he apparently, according to the um, <laughs> imitation, um, so what note? Uh, Judah apparently fears that the death of his son- sons resulted from Tamar's sinister power. Can we get some more detail on that? Oh, is this a Black oh, Widow it moment? Gets better. This gets better. Um, just wait. Oh boy! In course of time, the wife. Because honestly, whose fault is it? It's obviously got to be Tamara's fault, right? Obviously, duh. Anyways, in in course of time, the wife of Judah, she was daughter, died. Oh, I thought Shua was the wife. Oh no, we don't have the wife's name. Oh. Oops. Uh, Who's Shua? Shua, we thought Shua was the one who married Judah. Oh, but she's that's not. That's the father-in-law. She doesn't, 
That's the father of Judah's wife. Okay, so so Shua's daughter is unnamed. We're going hands made tail on this. It would be of Judah. Okay, okay. You mean you mean of Shua? Well, doesn't your name change theoretically if you get married to another man? I don't fucking know. It's whatever. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that this poor woman who had three sons, two of which are are dead, Mm -hmm. does not have a name. Yeah. Okay. That's not important. Shuma's daughter died. So Judah's wife died. No name. When Judah's time of mourning was over, he went up to Timonah to his sheep shearers. He and his friend Hurrah, the Adomite, when Tamar was told your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep, she put off her widow's garments, put on a veil, oh. wrapped herself up, and sat down at the entrance to Anaim, Anim, Anim, which is on the road to Timnah. She saw that Shelah was grown up, yet she had not been given to him in marriage. So that's not great at all. When Judah saw her, he thought her to be a prostitute, for she had covered her face. He went over to her at the roadside and said, quote, Come, let me come into you, end quote. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. I she mean, said, she really still his daughter-in-law if she's not really married to any of his sons yet. <laughs> like, well, she was supposed they're... to be married to the la- to the younger one. When he mm-hmm. became of age. And she's seeing him of age and is like, that guy, I'm supposed to be with that guy. Like, what the fuck? But also, I just want to say that Judah, his wife died. She bore him three sons. And what is he going to do? He's going to go find a sex worker and just be like, I want to have sex with you. With his son. Like, his son's right there. Like, oh, yeah, it's just... Bang. I didn't realize that him and his son were together. That's quite a father-son um Wait, the, I don't think experience. the son's there. Well, I don't think he's there for, like, the act, but he went, because she saw, it says that Sheila, uh, she saw that Sheila was grown up, yet she had not been given to him in marriage, so she must have seen him on the road. Oh, I just thought that was, like, a general, she recognized this fact, not that, like, they're on a road trip together. So it looks like, yeah, it looks like Judah went to shear his sheep and he must have taken his son with him. And then, and she saw the youngest son who she was supposed to be married to, but uh, Judah had sent her away until his son was old enough to marry her. But now he, um... see, I always thought that she just like heard it through the, the ancient gossip network because like mm. she clearly has time to go plan this scheme and maybe sit by the roadside also like we clearly are not getting enough backstory here i'm honestly surprised that tamar's dad wasn't like fuck this shit let's just get you married to someone else outside of this family that's not gonna get immediately struck not- down by god <laughs> well that's the thing is is that uh that's actually like not like she's supposed to wait. Like he kind of fucks her. Like she's like, oh yeah, you can't get, you can't remarry. Oh. If they're sons. Uh, I didn't realize that that was a rule. All right. 
Anyway, I'm sure this will play out fine. People are going to communicate real well with one another, and they're just going to clear up this misunderstanding right away, like adults having a conversation and you know coming out with like a reasonable solution. Uh, yeah, there's a solution. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. She said, "Quote: What will you give me that you may come into me?" End quote. Mm. So now she's bartering with surprise. What are you going to pay? He answered, "Quote: I will send you a kid from the flock." End quote. So he's going to send her a little baby sheep. No, just uh, not what I would have asked for uh, <laughs> in this hypothetical situation. <laughs> I mean, I she hasn't, pretty good she hasn't counter offered yet, Jen. She okay, okay. I'll counter offer. Her counter offer. So she, he offers baby goat, and she said, "Quote only if you give me a pledge until you send it." In quote. Oh come on. He tomorrow. said, "What? Oh, just wait." He said, "What pledge shall I give you?" In quote. She replied, "Your signet and your cord, and the staff that is in your hand." So he gave them to her and and went into her, and she conceived by him. Then she got up and went away, and taking off her veil, she put on the garments of her widowhood. When Judah sent the kid by his friend, the Adolite, Adolmite, to recover the pledge from the woman, he could not find her. He asked the townspeople, where is the temple prostitute who was at Enam by the wayside? But they said, no prostitute has been here. So he returned to Judah and said, I have not found her. Moreover, the townspeople said, no prostitute has been here. Judah replied, let her keep the things as her own. Otherwise, we will be laughed at. You see, I sent this kid and you could not find her. So um, I will say that the signet was a seal often suspended from the neck with a cord used to sign documents. So it's pretty much like his like... She got his passport. Seal. Okay. Yep. She got his ID. All right. So also, um, though some interpret the Hebrew here uh, to mean holy woman instead of temple prostitute, hmm. uh, they said that's one translation that people have done. Um, though it says it is unlikely that the institution of sacred prostitution existed in ancient Israel. Hmm. Perhaps Judah's Adolmite friend is just delicately referring to the missing quote prostitute as a similarly unattached quote holy woman. Hmm. Interesting. Like it's kind of like a veiled instead of just coming out and saying it's like, oh, have you seen a I guess like I guess to me it kind of seems like it's like saying like, oh, have you seen a woman of the night around here? Or have you seen a woman of negotiable negotiable affection? <laughs> That's I like true. that one. Um, have you seen Have you seen Jen's great 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 grandmother around <laughs> the landlady? Yeah. <laughs> Potentially murdering landlady. <laughs> I love it. Me too. Tanya. I say she had good reason. Probably, most <laughs> women did back in the day. <laughs> About three months later, Judah was told, your daughter-in-law Tamara has played the whore. Touch the pearls. <laughs> Moreover, she is pregnant as a result of whoredom. Mm, and mm. Judah 
said, bring her out and let her be burned. Oh, okay. All right. So that's why she couldn't remarry, Jen, because the sentence was burning. Um, okay, okay. You know, I'm just a little surprised that if God were really pissed off about this, that he didn't just immediately strike her down like uh, he did with Er and Onan or whatever. But okay, sure, sure. <laughs> As she was being brought out, she sent word to her father-in-law, quote, It was the owner of these who made me pregnant. Mm. And she said, Take note, please, whose these are, the signet and the cord. And the staff. Ayo, she got a DNA bitch. (laughs) She brought the receipts. Mm -hmm. Indeed, she brought the receipts. Judah acknowledged them and said, quote, she is more in the right than I, since I did not give her to my son, Shelah. And he did not lie with her again. Good to know. All right. Probably for most women in this period, they'd be like, yeah. Oh, thank God. I don't really want to have sex. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can live to a decent age in this town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the time of her delivery came, there were twins in her womb. Also, uh, the notes like to say that stoning was the usual punishment for adultery. Although burning was prescribed for exceptional cases. While she was in labor, one put out a hand and the midwife took and bound on his hand a crimson set a crimson thread saying, quote, This one came out first. All right. But just then he drew back his hand and out came his brother, and she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. <laughs> Therefore he was named Perez. Okay. Which is which means a breach. Afterward, his brother came out with a crimson thread on his hand, and he was named Zerah. The what? Zerah? He was named Zerah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so pretty much um, Perez, spelled just like the last name, Perez. Um, He is an ancestor of King David, who we will be getting to in our Psalm of Psalms biblical porn episode coming up to a podcast listening platform near you okay at some point so we'll get to king david later but uh yes so this was our uh our first uh story all right where, um yeah that's that's it fun, fun facts to know and tell tamar shows up again in matthew in the genealogy of jesus oh Ooh. yeah under the section she's technically his ancestor yeah she's starts out i will read it from the non-academic english standard the book of the genealogy of jesus christ the son of david the son of abraham abraham the father was the father of isaac and isaac was the father of jacob and jacob was the father of judah and his brothers and judah the father of perez and zarah by tamar and perez the father of hezron and Hezron, the father of Ram. And then it goes on for a very long, long time. And you really didn't want to be the one who was in charge of reading that day's Bible reading in it sounds elementary boring. school or Sunday school. Because, like, that was difficult. Your, a lot of names. Your eyes glaive over. You want to die. You fill your soul. But the, but the readings, like the one that Tanya just did, were conveniently omitted from the 
read through the Bible in the year calendar. Or they would yeah. conveniently assign them to the weekends and just be like, the parents can deal with that. Never heard this. Never heard this story. The messaging is a little, like, the, the, the result of the story is a bit confusing. Because why, like, is this saying God is all for daughter-in-laws fucking their father-in-laws if they don't get married to their sons um just and also why does just knowing that it was judah's fault that she got pregante why does that make like, everything okay all of a sudden <laughs> like i don't <laughs> i'm not an old-timey person i don't understand the logic here um well isn't it that she was supposed to get like pregnant to continue judah's family line yep so since he wouldn't give his third son to her to marry she just took the matter into her own hands yeah that forgives the i mean it's not really incest it's yeah i mean no it was already kind of it's it's not like it's not really incest it's i it's it's just pull out sex I'd say it only gets into the creepy incest territory if you consider it's the fact that, like, these children were supposed to be the son's children, but now they're fathered by the father, and... Yeah, I wonder how Sheila, or whatever, feels about his new uh, half-brothers, Perez and Zara, or whatever. (laughs) It's kind of weird. How's that family tree coming? Uh, Oh, it's a fucking mess. (laughs) (laughs) I I really need to learn my lesson about these things. I can't even see. Uh, But when I take notes, uh, I should really um, leave more room for these things. I don't know if you can see or not. Yeah, I can. It's great. Love it. It's it's just... uh, Well, I'm glad Tamar got the receipts and, and did not end up being lit on fire after her patiently waiting as... Yeah, or stone. Uh, patiently waiting as a, a single lady, just kind of waiting around for quite a while, I guess. Um, and if it was a matter for taking uh, uh, the bull by the horns, as it were, uh, good for her. <laughs> I guess. Well, I've got another. I've got another little story for you. Okie dokie. We're jumping to Leviticus 15. Oh. So I hope you're ready. I'm, I'm starting a new page because I have a feeling that half page that I have remaining is not going to cut it. Probably not. We'll also, see. We'll this see. is we'll the see. book that causes all the problems for our modern society in terms of, uh, you know, people reading it for the gay marriage stuff, but ignoring all the mixed fiber for and, you know, seafood prohibitions is my impression oh there are so many things so, so this is going to be all about some uh so the so you can let me know what the theme of this one is great uh, great looking forward to reading. it <clears throat> the lord spoke to moses and aaron saying speak to the people of israel 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 when any man has a discharge from his member his discharge makes him cer- ceremonially unclean. The uncleanliness of his discharge is this, whether his member flows with the discharge or his member is stopped from discharging. It is uncleanliness for him or uncleanness for him. 
Every bed on which the one with the discharge lies shall be unclean, and everything on which he sits shall be unclean. Anyone who touches his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. All who sit on anything on which the one with the discharge has sat shall wash their clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. All who touch the body of the one with the discharge shall wash their clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. If the one with the discharge spits on persons who are clean, then they shall wash their clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. Any saddle on which the one with the discharge rides shall be unclean. All who touch anything that was under him shall be unclean until the evening. And all those who carry such a thing shall wash their clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. All those whom the one with the discharge touches without having rinsed his hands in water shall wash their clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. Any earthen vessel that the one with the discharge touches shall be broken, and every vessel of wood shall be rinsed in water. Comments. Uh, you know, actually, I kind of like this one. It, that I was very grossed out that the first description, the moment you said discharge, and all this is doing is per, you know, encouraging people to bathe, which I think people really just need to do anyway and it just seems like it's a great way of preventing germs from being passed on like yeah if you lay in someone's dick discharge whatever that discharge might be it's fucking gross so i get it no this is just like dude that's fucking gross take a fucking bath <laughs> Especially, i just wish they would like include that. soap with this <laughs> i hope like, there's soap. hygiene i will accept vigorous hygiene is very now. important yes so hygiene is very important also, like, if people are going to take other parts of this uh, book so literally, I want them to take all of this literally. So, um, yeah, I feel like people who take Leviticus very literally are anti-maskers. So, um, wear a fucking mask. Clean your, yeah. wash your hands. This is great. So far, so good. Leviticus, this is the first thing I've ever heard about Leviticus that I'm like giving the gen 100% stamp of approval here. Like, watch that body, watch that dick. <laughs> Just watch everything. <laughs> and if you can't wash it, then like I said, light it on fire like and I've break said, it. <laughs> like I said, you know, if you take a shit, you, you bathe. Yeah. Take no, a shit right. day, if you, you shake bathe. hands with a guy with discharge on his hands and hasn't washed his hands, then yeah, you, you need to fucking take a bath. At the very least. You use the bathroom, wash your fucking hands. Yeah. No, if you touch approved. your penis in any way, shape, noted. or form. Gen one hundred percent approves. <laughs> this message brought to you by Leviticus yeah. fifteen and approved by Jen. <laughs> wash that dick, wash that hands. <laughs> also, wash your sheets. Yeah, no, no, this is 100% like, logical. You should just wash everything. If you get that on all of your stuff, you need to fucking wash it. Yeah. Disgusting. You're just like shedding okay. skin cells and your microbiome. Anyways. A great message right. for God we to tell Aaron and Moses uh, to let the people know. In case they didn't know. Also, if you get spit on by anyone, it doesn't matter if they have dick discharge or not. You need to go take a fucking shower. That's disgusting. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I'm willing to overlook that, that 
the weird caveat in front of that. When the one with a discharge is cleansed of his discharge, he shall count seven days for his cleansing. He shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in fresh water, and he shall be clean. On the eighth day, he shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons and come before the Lord to the entrance of the tent of meeting and give them to the priest. The priest shall offer them one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make atonement on his behalf before the Lord for his discharge. Any comments about that? Uh, I'm just leaving. So it's kind here. of like after, a purification offering. Yeah, after dude washes, he has to get birds killed. <laughs> I don't know how that helps. <laughs> uh, I thought for a second, half a second, I was like, oh, he's just gonna give it to the priest, and maybe they have like a like an aviary or something for. Nope, you're just gonna gotta get a turtle dove and. Uh, See, you can't ritually murder anything for any other gods, but for but for God, God, yes, do it. Okay, I guess. <laughs> Seems like a weird way to get clean, but all right. I I don't, as a vegetarian person, I don't uh, give this one my uh, stamp of approval. I give it my stamp of side eye. <laughs> uh, if a man has an emission of semen. He shall bathe his whole body in water and be unclean until the evening. Everything made of cloth or of skin on which the semen falls shall be washed with water. Where's the soap? Come on. And be unclean until the evening. If a man lies with a woman and has an emission of semen, both of them shall bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. Which I have to say literally like one of the most like disgusting feelings is like semen in general on the skin so um yes like clean yourself up mm-hmm. disgusting also anytime you have sex you should pee afterwards so you don't get a uti exactly i was just thinking like with all of like if these are the only conditions that people are really thinking consciously about bathing back in that day the urinary tract infections are just must be severe. I don't even know if they had cranberry juice to access <laughs> to help with that. But uh, no, there's a little bit more, but we also get to women, which is okay. definitely up Claire's alley because she's all about those yeah. discharges. Also, uh, because I'm guessing because it's using, uh, translating one as discharge and the one as emissions of semen, uh, the number one rule gets even more fucking gross (laughs) Um, in terms of, like, why do you need to be told that if your dick is leaking mystery fluids that are not (laughs) your regular old emissions? Uh, That's nasty. Wash your ass. (laughs) Uh, so far, a lot of this is bathing, and uh, aside from the bird killing uh, associated with these, I, I will give um, this one also gets a, a gen seal of approval. <laughs> I put a little asterisk turn. next to the seal of approval. Yeah. I want to get Jen like an actual stamp. <laughs> you know, I could probably make one uh, if I, I could probably figure out a way to make a stamp. I want, I want one that's the gen side eye. <laughs> 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 we could make them and then they could be the on the Patreon. <laughs> oh, I yeah. like that. 
All wow. right, so I'm guessing yeah. this is going to take a turn with the women, where it's going to be something benign, like if a woman speaks, she's unclean, and she needs to go kill 47 birds at the local temple. No, a bird's not enough. It should probably be a cow or some other, you know, higher life form of some kind. And uh, you have to and lay underneath still... a bowl while it while you yeah while it bleeds from... on you. Uh, and yeah. Then, and then uh, she'll still be clean for unclean for uh, ten days after that. But then after she bathes in the evening of the tenth day, and I guess she'll be okay. <laughs> well, you're uh, you're not too too far off. <laughs> when a woman has a discharge of blood that is her regular discharge from her body, she shall be in her impurity for seven days, and whoever touches her shall be unclean until the evening. Everything upon which she lies during her impurity shall be unclean. Everything also upon which she shits, shits. Everything she sits shall be unclean. Also, you need to listen to the Coven Confessions of the most recent Fox Club Court Fart by uh, Whining <laughs> Crime. It was hilarious. I got killed. Claire. Also, Tanya and I were just talking about how the middle schoolers of today are so lucky that they have inventions such as period underwear and mm. what other invention were we jealous that they got access to? Hydrocloidal uh, acne. Oh yeah, the dots. acne dots that like work magic mm -hmm. on pimples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kids today don't know how rough we had it back then. Back in the 1990s, we got things like crushed up walnuts in our. Uh, and our face washes that would just sandpaper away the top layer of your skin when you rub them on your delicate, already hurting face. Uh, Although I guess that's better than, like, plastic microbeads. Yeah, I guess that's true. They're just much more Only sharp. our faces suffered, not the environment. That's also, true. Like, the thing is, too, is I remember a lot of, um, a lot of our, uh, whatchamacallit, a lot of the, at least for me, a lot of, come to find out, a lot of the face washes have, like, a whole bunch of, like, citric acid stuff that used to, like, really irritate my skin. And so, I was like, oh, maybe I wouldn't break out this much or have weird issues with my skin if my, if I wasn't, you know, yeah. allergic to every single acne wash that you use as a teenager. Yep, yep. Uh, there's a range of acids that are acceptable to use as chemical exfoliants on your face. Don't put lemon juice on your face. Don't put vinegar on your face. Don't rely on anything that uses those kind of acids on your face in general. That's too much acid. <laughs> That's a, a pro tip from someone who has only recently resolved her adult acne. Uh, that has been there for a variety of problems, primarily stress. Uh, but yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, nineties. So generally, they really. Oh man, there was like the Brillo pad, like cleanser pads that were supposed to be used on your face that were like the most the Stridex pads. Yes, yes, yes. There are certain Stridex pads that you can use because they do have an appropriate amount of salicylic acid, but you don't use the rough side. Just use the soft side. Just you just give it a light a light go. You don't need that much, and they can be very drying. Um, but yeah, they were pretty rough on acne there for a while okay anyway Here, here's yeah. a here's a tangent here's a tangent though did that, either you ever use nair yes well that shit um, broke my skin out ooh, so bad put it on my face 
Well, I didn't put it on my face. I used it on my leg like you're supposed to. And I literally had a rash immediately develop as soon as it came in contact with my skin. Oof. Didn't do a test patch ahead of time, did you? <laughs> it's okay. I never did no, a test patch ahead of time. Because I was like 12. Because <laughs> everyone you was want like, hey, gone now. <laughs> yes. I am a lizard. It's summer I in Texas, it. motherfucker. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> no, That's what I imagine. You don't wear pants in the summer in Texas. Unless you're in a heart, unless you're going to spend every inch of every almost every second of your day sitting in a highly air conditioned building, that makes it feel like it's 50 degrees. Anyways, yes, yes, but uh, I would listen to that, uh, to the Kevin Confessions because there's a whole thing about sitting on your period and just, yeah, I will just as a teaser the words school, middle school bus trip. Ah. I have actually it's a religious related story that combines religion and periods together it's a story for my friend would you want to hear it yes (laughs) it involves the waiting room at um the mormon temple in my hometown here uh I have not been uh but this is this is story really you haven't um my grandfather came to town one time and he he's very he was very catholic and and he wanted to go and i think my my parents took him he got to watch like the whole like introductory video that they showed up outsiders uh it's a thing because can't you go on a tour before they like bless the temple yes actually um shay and my dad uh went on a tour of the (laughs) the temple uh when they did a remodel here in my town uh before it was you know closed up to all of us you know outsiders um and so they got to walk around and and see uh all the stuff on the inside i didn't want to go because i wanted to sleep in (laughs) uh which is not a shocking um (laughs) <laughs> not surprised yeah not surprised uh, i am i am so floored that you would not want to get up uh it was more novel for shay since he didn't grow up around here than um it is for me so uh but i got some good descriptions of, of the inside of all of the rooms that they they remodeled and uh if some benefactor of the podcast would like us to do a bonus episode and is willing to transport us to an undedicated Mormon temple when they're doing the walkthrough. We will go do that. All right. But anyway, my friend's period story. Uh-huh. It's not just any old period story. It's a first period story. So oh, I won't say the most traumatic. Name. I know, right? But so... um she has relatives who are uh, more involved with the church, so she's waiting outside in the, you know, designated waiting area. And apparently at the time, this room, everything was fucking white. The upholstery on the couch is white. The pillows are white. The walls are white. The carpet is white. And she's waiting there for quite a while. And so, and then she's kind of like, you know, it's just like, huh, my abdomen feels kind of funny. Something in my underwear is feeling kind of funny. Uh, she's wearing a white dress, too. 
because uh, <laughs> that's how you do and then finally her family comes to you know get the rest of the people who are waiting to leave and either go home or do whatever the fuck you do after church or whatever uh, i don't know if there's a brunch or some shit but uh she gets up and sees uh the obvious you know stain of red that is on <laughs> this <laughs> waiting room sofa and uh what does her her kid brain decide to do she takes one of the white pillows and she just puts it over it and leaves <laughs> and she has her her jacket around her waist and stuff and so she just kind of left it there didn't tell anyone got to hear this story uh i think we were in high school and i fucking died <laughs> so I that that waiting room is ritually unclean. I'm assuming, and it needs to be burned to the ground. <laughs> I'm about to say, uh, did they uh, close that for like an extended period of time to do like some math? Yeah, I don't think she uh, saw the aftermath of that. So I imagine later that day, someone went to go sit down and move the pillow out of the way, and was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> we have found the shreds of someone's uh yes. <laughs> uterus just right yeah. here yep so i'm not surprised that uh the lady blood is uh the, the regular <laughs> lady blood is uh going to be ritually unclean for a while i'm assuming that uh well you know <sighs> I have mixed feelings about this one because on the one hand there is not soap necessarily um this this doesn't specify a lot of soap going on in the Bible. So without soaping around, and if you're kind of changing out what I'm assuming are rags and other kind of various things, kind of dealing with the the men's seas and everything, you can leave your hands a little little. It can it can it can you can get that on your hands. I understand that it, it can be a little. Eh. I mean, I'm not going to say you know I don't believe it's ritually unclean, but I'm like mm, maybe you should wash your hands after doing that. Maybe not. Maybe maybe you should definitely wash your hands after doing that. Um, but um, it does seem a little extreme that other people uh, who come into contact here would also be unclean, but I'm also entirely not surprised by that. All right. Plot twist with misogyny all along. Uh, yes, yes, I, I'm, sure you're, I'm sure you're shocked. Um, so okay. how many animals must die for her to become clean again? Just just lay it on me. <laughs> I, we, we will get there. Okay. Because some, some must die. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Whoever touches her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. Whoever touches anything upon which she shits, shits. <laughs> I, I mean, it. yeah, you'd be ritually unclean if you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not. Okay. When she shall wash his clothes and bathe in water. Um, and be unclean until the evening, whether it is the battery thing upon which she says, <laughs> when he touches it, he shall be unclean until the evening. If any man lies with her and her impurity falls on him, <laughs> just falls. Okay, sorry, <laughs> just like imagining that. Okay, um, all right, he shall be unclean seven days. And every bed on which he lies shall be unclean. If a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, not at the time of her impurity, or if she has a discharge beyond the time of her impurity, so if she has an irregular period, got it, awesome. Right. 
all the days of the discharge she shall continue in uncleanness, as in the days of her impurity she shall be unclean. Every bed on which she lies during all the days of her discharge shall be treated as the bed of her impurity. In everything that on which she, sh- <laughs> she sits, <laughs> shall be unclean. As in the uncleanness of her impurity, who, whoever touches these things shall be unclean and shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. If she is cleansed of her discharge, she shall count seven days, and after that, she shall be clean. On the eighth day, she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons and bring them to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting. The priest shall offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make atonement on her behalf before the Lord for her unclean discharge. Thus you shall keep the people of Israel separate from their uncleanness. So they, so that they do not die in their uncleanness by defiling my tabernacle that is in their midst. This is the ritual for those who have a discharge. For him who has an omission of semen becoming unclean thereby. For her who is in the infirmity of her period. For anyone, male or female, who has a discharge. And for the man who lies with a woman who is unclean. I mean... Okay, everyone should take baths, right? I think that's pretty fair. And, you know, ultimately, these rules are getting people to wash their themselves. So I'm pro-washing oneself. Um, also, I'm, I have to say, I feel, <laughs> I feel like it's actually, like, not that. Like, they, the sacrifices are the same for men and women. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It seems pretty pretty gender equal in that respect. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, when I'm on the rag, I don't exactly feel very fresh, even though I do shower all the time. So, you know, I kind of get the general sentiment of just kind of be like, it's not not super fresh and clean. And I'm like, okay. I mean, it doesn't seem that unreasonable. These rules are just about just take a bath and wash your fucking sheets. Okay. So People do not wash kid, their sheets nearly enough. <laughs> I'm just they don't. I change my sheets every week, and if mm-hmm. you don't do that, you're disgusting. Yeah, that's my that's mm-hmm. that's Tanya's hot take. Yeah. Like you don't need like regardless of whatever fluids are getting on those, just change your fucking sheets. Do your laundry. But yeah, but again, yeah, yeah, I kind of great. Yeah, and it just well, like that like, bed is gross. Say, it's in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, like, the cleanest I ever felt on my period was when I was in, um, when I was younger, and, like, I used to, like, actually have periods, because now I practically don't, um, which is awesome, because migraines and pain mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. fucking always in pain, chronic pain, great. Anyways, but I used to, what I would do is, like, I would be showering, and we had one of those, like, shower had attachments that had that like you could take down and like move around your body mm. and I would literally just like put it in like up under my vagina and just like spray out all the blood clots mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I felt great afterwards yeah. I was like ugh See, this is why I like be so clean when washlets should become more common in the United States Indeed. because you could have that uh, rain fresh clean feeling anytime you use the bathroom if you really wanted to but yeah 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 i would just get up in there 
I would just get up in there and it would just mm-hmm. like push all the blood clots out. Your car, great. when you take it through car wash, the undercarriage gets washed out. Everyone could use an undercarriage wash. That's yes. where I stand on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so far these rules aren't so bad. I mean, all right. Except for the birds. Okay, yeah, except for the birds. I kind of, sorry, birds. I do I do like birds. I would rather birds didn't have to die in the making of these discharges. Um, <laughs> I so, feel where? Bad. So, okay, so I want to go ahead and get to the next story because this one actually is about incest. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's kind of short. It's kind of short. Is this also a Leviticus? Okay. Yes, it also is Leviticus. A dotted line of separation. Leviticus 18. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived. And you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. You shall not follow their statutes because we're special. That was my, (laughs) that was my... (laughs) That was my commentary. Fucking colonizers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, of course, they don't want to follow the destination <laughs> rules. It's like when Americans go to Europe, and I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Do you realize how loud you are being? <laughs> and they're just like, oh, oh, I see this. Like, I was, okay, real quick story. When I was in the Gallery de Academia, um yeah the academia gallery whatever the fuck the name is in florence uh the summer i go in and there's this one woman who's like oh we already saw that statue it's outside and i my so shelby like watched like the rage and all of the um, all of the feelings and thoughts just run across my face, and she was just laughing hysterically. And I was like, "Oh, really? It's outside. Yes, let's uh, let's put the two thousand year old statue. Let's keep it outside, exposed to the elements, and then inside we'll have a nice replica. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh. Use." what two brain cells you have and think about it <laughs> and you're like man that's kind of rude tanya literally what my mother said to me the entire time growing up she was like you have a brain you need to use it so lady middle-aged lady from the south <laughs> fucking think for two seconds before you open your fucking mouth also why are you so fucking loud in this museum <laughs> anyways everyone must know her opinion <laughs> why also, doesn't that bitch do something like, like in a podcast there was also your dude... opinions whenever you want yeah yeah also there was a dude who was like trying to impress this girl um and he was like talking to her about this altarpiece and i was just biting my tongue the entire time i was like don't be that person don't be that person don't be that person but he's like oh yes john the baptist blah 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 it's iconography and i'm just like you're full of fucking shit you don't know anything. You're just trying to impress this woman. And you're a fucking dumbass. Like, everything, like, you're kind of right, but you're really, really wrong. I've been in a museum where there's a couple that's clearly on a first date. And this dude was just like, 
trying to impress her with bad mansplaining of all the things that was completely contradicted by all the informative plaques that the museum had put up if you had bothered to like read them but it was pretty cringe the cringiest um sort of mansplainy kind of moment i think well i mean of course there's been a lot in my lifetime but one that always sticks out in my head was uh uh my family and i uh and this is i think Shay wasn't with us at the time, but uh, my brother, my sister, and my dad and I were at a local beer festival um, here in Idaho, and we were just sitting at one of the tables, enjoying our taste of delicious craft brews of various kinds, and this guy and his son roll on up to our table and are like, want to sit down, and so they're like, yeah, sure, why not? It's beer festival, you know, meeting people, it's all fun, and everyone's happy, we're drinking beer, having a good time, presumably. Uh, and then this guy, like, I don't know, after only, like, a few, like, very, very brief introduction, just, like, the the adult one is like, oh, yeah, I got my PhD, and blah, blah, <laughs> just, like, apropos of nothing. And I'm just kind of like, and I was still working on my PhD at the time when this happened, I'm just kind of like, you're an Idaho guy. This is not going to impress anybody living in this state. Like, don't lead with that. It's not going to... No one cares here. That, that might be impressive elsewhere. It would be a topic of conversation where people would want to ask follow-up questions elsewhere. Not here. Dude, this is... This is a redneck state. <laughs> and then uh, my sister, I think, being kind You're of... You're too educated to be here. You can leave. Yeah. Well, my sister was like, oh, yeah, well, my sister is working on her doctorate. And I'm like, I don't want to get in this dick measuring contest right now. I just want to drink a beer. And then uh, she mentions that I'm in like Japanese studies and do Japanese literature. And I, I've been like teaching, involved in teaching courses on like anime and manga and stuff. And then his son's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and proceeds to try and interrogate me about what is, you know, a quality anime and stuff I'm like sorry. that. I'm sorry. Um, that's the worst mansplaining you had, or uh... no, no, it was. It's funniest because he was just so very oh, proud okay. of his anime knowledge, and he clearly was trying to like. He was trying to make himself feel better because he was obviously, in some ways, intimidated by the fact that you know I'm a professional nerd, I guess, and he's just a lay nerd. I. <laughs> Like, I don't know. And it's just like he and of course like he's like, Oh yeah, which are your favorite anime? And it became like this like quiz thing and I'm also like holding my beer like not engaging really. I'm like, oh fucking no. I like cowboy bebop, I guess, but I don't feel like giving a thesis on it right now. I just kinda wanna have a beer. That's what I'm here for. And then uh so he's like, Oh, cowboy bebop, blah 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 and I don't know. I don't remember what he thought you of. You should have just you should have just started speaking to him in Japanese and it just would have, you know I didn't feel like it though. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even initially part of this conversation until Jackie drove me. That's <laughs> not her fault. I blame Jackie. No, it's okay. Um, it was very funny, though. It made a great memory that is stand out in my mind. I'm like, this is not the kind of person that I want to be when I finish my degree. I don't think I will be. Um, but yeah, that was the most cringy moment. And then, like, the PhD guy talking to my dad, who's <laughs> trying to impress him. With, I don't even remember what it was. And then, like, uh, and I'm just me knowing that, like, my dad has worked on space shuttles and, like, engineering systems and, like, launch rockets and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't think you're going to impress my dad with your PhD. My dad's actually done some pretty cool shit. Like, this is just not the venue, man. 
<laughs> a beer festival in Idaho is not the venue to talk about your academic achievements. <laughs> anyway. All right, well, I'm going to get back to Leviticus. Yes, um, let's get back to Leviticus and the mansplaining here. My ordinance you shall observe and my statutes you shall keep following them. I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and my ordinances. By doing so, one shall live. I am the Lord. The Lord can say that to me. None of you shall approach anyone near of kin to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. And I would like to say that, um, yeah, so pretty much uh, most of the sins in this chapter are primarily like sexual in nature. And also when they say reveal or like uncover your nakedness, they mean sex. Oh, so not just don't depants your parents, but also <laughs> don't fuck your parents. Got it. Had it really crossed my mind as something that people would be that eager to do, but okay. <laughs> I'm adding a note in my notes or fuck. I thought you were going to go with the Noah or... <laughs> no, that's for later. That's oh, for later. We're going to deal with that one later because that's part of a whole other thing. Don't Lot's daughters also get it on? Like, it's... yeah, we're we're we've got <laughs> an entire episode on Lot. And let's know here. Um, no, but but, but no, uh, we have a whole we have a whole other thing about um, we have a whole episode where we talk about Lot, mm-hmm. and we also have um, Noah that whole. That whole, like I said, we're not going to cover everything. And also, um, that specific thing has to deal with uh, ham. Delicious. And <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> some medieval <laughs> conceptions of like race not that, that I don't want to get into today. <laughs> um, so we will it's have the, that conversation The ending later. to the Noah's Ark story no one ever talks about. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> yes um yeah we will talk about that later so yeah that's definitely one uh that yeah mm-hmm. anyways back to this you shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister your father's daughter or your mother's daughter whether born at home or abroad you shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter or of your daughter's daughter for their nakedness is your own nakedness you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter begotten by your father, since she is your sister. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is your father's flesh. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's flesh. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. That is, you shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness, a.k.a. Judah fucked up. Anyways, you shall not not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter, and you shall not take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are your flesh. It is depravity. And you shall not take a woman as a rival to her sister, uncovering her nakedness while her sister is still alive. Dead cool. Live? No. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness while she is in her menstrual uncleanliness. 
You shall not have sexual relationships with your kinsman's wife and defile yourself with her. You shall not give any of your offspring to sacrifice them to Molech, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. This is your favorite passage. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting it. You shall not have sexual relationships with any animal and defile yourself with it. Nor shall any woman give herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. It is perversion. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways, for by all of these practices, the nations I am casting out before you have defiled themselves. So pretty much every other place around us is what they're saying is like, oh yeah, they like, you know, buck their goats and okay, ah, they are into incest and weird shit. That's pretty much what they're saying. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways, for by all of these practices, the nations I am casting out before you have defiled themselves. Thus the land has become defiled, and I punished it for its iniquity, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. Land vomiting. I did not expect that coming. But you shall keep any statutes and my ordinances and commit none of these abominations, either the citizen or the alien who resides among you. For the inhabitants of the land who were before you committed all of these abominations and the land became defiled. It's very repetitive. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the land will vomit you out for defiling it as it vomited out the nation that was before you. For whoever commits any of these abominations shall be cut off from their people. So keep my charge not to commit any of these abominations that were done before you and not to defile yourselves by them. I am the Lord your God. Okay. This section could use an editor because there's a lot of redundancies. (laughs) I think we could have summarized the beginning with if you can possibly ever be related to someone, if they have any kind of familial title whatsoever, you can't fuck them. And we could have just gone with that, because, like, I think that would have been a little bit more concise. It kind of all would have gotten the gist of that portion. Um, don't fuck people in their periods. I mean, they've already guessed they said that it's kind of unclean. It might be uncomfortable for the person who's having the period if they're having cramps or something like that. Um, but, you know, I think that should be a personal choice. Some people are into that. Don't sacrifice your family. Uh, that seems like a pretty good pro tip. I'm for that one. Um, I'm pretty sure someone doesn't follow that rule earlier on or later on. I don't actually know where it occurs in the Bible. I seem to remember uh, a potential son murder going on uh, that God particularly asked for. Um, but uh, I guess we'll get to that later. Uh, don't do the gayness. Uh, how about you fuck yourself? Uh, don't fuck him. I, will, I do want to say. I do want to say about the gayness according to the note. Um... Among the beep, beep. <laughs> hey, we are lucky I made it through the word nakedness and didn't say naked. Naked? naked. I wish you would have said naked. That's fun. <laughs> I used to say it a lot and I have trained myself, which is why when I say naked, I say it much slower because if I try to say it fast, it comes out naked. And I sound like a hick. And honestly, Claire heard some intense accent on my part when we were in Arkansas. Mm, so much. Come out to play. <laughs> yeah. Also, don't I fuck was, animals is also, uh, I, I agree with that one. Give that one a stamp. It's just like not ethical. 
Oh, no, okay. No. But anyways, I was gonna say about the about the um don't uh, about the anti inter okay <laughs> among the biblical legal corpora, so the the body of of biblical um, codes. My understanding of this abbreviation is only Hebrew contains a prohibition against same sex intercourse. Okay. So, so pretty much what it's saying is only one translation oh, actually okay. has this um also yeah. conveniently doesn't say much about the ladies so i was wondering nope. about that i'm like ah so bible down with the lesbians uh and the the female bisexuals um but also the rabbinic literature is not too i'd have to look up specific that- sources but i'm assuming they're omitted because they just didn't think about them uh no, but there's some pretty graphic like descriptions, a... but oh. it doesn't really... Hello. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> For academic reasons, please. <laughs> I don't have it pulled up right now. Okay. But, uh... We'll get to that later. <laughs> we can get to that one later. But there's um some rabbinic texts that are... I think it's in the... I don't know where it is. But there's some definitely ambivalence about whether a woman can marry a priest if they've been rubbing with one another. But um, it's not that the rubbing itself is bad. It's just about you have a prior commitment. I know, just about like, can they are they suitable marriage material? Uh, okay, uh, because they want orgasms. Men aren't always that great at that. Anyway, not if the description is just he's got into her. <laughs> I had to jump the gun, my friend. <laughs> Buy her dinner first. He went into her. <laughs> He went into her. What? We should use that. I'm afraid I will be incorporating this into my vernacular when I'm feeling saucy. (laughs) Okay. um, I have one more passage to read to us. Okay. And my only... So pretty much the first one, Genesis 38, was pull out sex. Leviticus 15 was sexual discharges. Leviticus 18 was rules on incest. Yep, yep. And all I wrote for the shorthand abbreviation for this one was Deuteronomy 23. Pray. Strap yourselves <laughs> in, ladies. All right. I'll try to look at Jen's face when I read this. <laughs> no one whose testicles are crushed or whose penis is cut off but shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Wait, does this like mean like a, is this like a heaven thing? Dude! Okay, you know, I know the Bible's known for having some pretty, like, shitty rules for women and stuff, but, like, this is just sounds like this was an accident. And you're like, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you if you're in a neighboring town somewhere, a dude's sister gets raped and he goes over to another town next door and decides to, you know, fuck around with all the genitals like, of all the men in that um, town. Um, what's his face? Greyjoy. Theon, Greyjoy. Yeah. He would so, not be let into heaven. So, if you get Greyjoyed... As I will put in my notes. <laughs> Not only um, do you yeah. have no balls, but you have no heaven either. <laughs> yes. Uh, no one whose testicles are crushed or whose penis is cut off shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Okay. Oh, wait. I already have a follow-up question because, like, we're yes. Catholic Church is very famous for, like, having, like, the, the singing boys that they're like, wow, their voice sounds really great. No balls anymore for you. Uh... Wasn't that a thing? Oh, wow. So they just get to go burn and I'm assuming they're going to hell? or at least Especially in the Eastern because... Christian. Uh, I don't think they're, technically their testicles were not 
crushed. Oh, so they can be I don't know anything about what we're talking about. So um, whenever, um, yeah, the castrato in the Catholic Church, Claire, the 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 young boys where they would um, castrate them so that their voices would stay high so they wouldn't reach they would castrate them before they reached puberty. What part of history is this from? Uh, our part of history that we study in the medieval period. <laughs> also, castration was really common in the uh, among for eunuchs in the Eastern Byzantine Empire. Well, I knew that, but like. Well, I guess I just don't I guess, read enough about choir boys. And well, the thing is, too, is that I mean, I did do my where I did my masters. We did have like a whole like we had a pretty prominent like musicologist. So mm. we did like a whole bunch of stuff, including incorporating like liturgical music and stuff, um, which I don't think you had in your education. Um, no, not but really. yeah, they're like the castrato, like Jen said. I knew um, a thing about historical Europe. <laughs> it's I, vaguely bible yeah <laughs> i am um, yeah it's a a castrato or castrati are um it's a male whose testicles have been removed before puberty to retain his boyish voice because women weren't allowed to be in the choirs they weren't allowed to sing so they didn't have any sopranos hmm. except for the young boys so these would um so you can so- cut them but you can't crush them. I guess so. That seems like a really weird and specific differentiation to make. I know but... that they had some. I know that they had. Okay, well, according to Wikipedia, supposedly they were, were pretty prominent in. Uh, yeah, um, we have ninth-century eunuch singers in the choir of Hagia Sophia, Claire. Interesting. And um, also, uh, and supposedly they were well known and remained so until the sack of Constantinople in 1204, which is a great crusade because they didn't actually, you know, go to the Holy Land at all. They just stopped in Constantinople, took all their shit and put in a puppet government. <laughs> uh, yay, Western Christianity. <laughs> Our favorite Anyways, um it seems they were really popular in the 16th century, though. Hmm. So. Supposedly, they appeared in Italy in mid 16th century, but they were a big deal, a much bigger deal in uh, Byzantium. So, if you get your balls deliberately cut off, you can still I think go it's to fine. heaven. But if you fine. get them, say, crushed in a terrible accident with like, a horse kick or something like that. Something, some kind of accident that maybe an omnipotent being could have foreseen and maybe intervened in, so that he could still go to heaven and stuff. Uh, or if, like, um, you really hate your spouse and you get them really drunk, and then mm. you strap them down and you crush their testicles, mm-hmm. then yeah, mm-hmm. you can keep them. From- so, accidents and things done to you unwillingly by other people, uh, you get to not go to heaven. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> that seems sensical. All right, and that was just the first sentence. The yes, Leviticus yes. twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, those born of an illicit union shall not be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. So, if you're a bastard, is there a footnote that says what assembly of the Lord means? I believe it's heaven. There's a thread on our Bible on Reddit that says just people assembled at the temple. 
In either case, bastards need not apply. Oh, wait. Citizenship, maybe. Oh, ability to vote. You're not a real man. That's what it is. There we go. Okay, so like citizenship. All right. I mean, okay, that's very you can't shitty. Vote. You have you don't you have no you know you don't have the same rights. You have no rights. Okay, you're like a woman. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, there. I guess it's not as bad as you know eternally being banned from heaven, I suppose, in uh, this context. But also, kind of things that uh, are beyond some people's control. So it's still shitty, but not quite as shitty as it could have been i guess all right yeah cool thanks for clearing that one up claire it does make a big difference yeah (laughs) uh those born of an illicit union shall not be admitted to the assembly of the lord even to the 10th generation none of their descendants shall be admitted to the assembly of the lord that's really fucked no ammonite yeah no Ammonite or Moabite shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Even I don't know to what those the 10th generation, um, they are just followers of other of a dude named Ammon and a dude named Oh fuck. No, I take it back. Ammonite Ammonites or Mo uh Moabites, the, the Ammon and Moab are um pagan gods. Okay. No followers of pagan gods shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Even to the 10th generation, none of their descendants shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Because they did not meet you with food and water or on your journey out of Egypt. So fuck them. Okay. Uh, and because they hired you against Balaam, son of Beor, from Pethor, Mesopotamia, to curse you. So, um, yeah. Uh, these laws were reused and extended in the post-exilic period and also have to deal with uh, the intermarriage. So we talked about that with, with Leviticus. Some you're not supposed to marry um, people who are pagan. Mm. Or their descendants. Um, For 10 generations. The 11th and, time, maybe. Well, actually, like, so it's also um, in the Hebrew translation, it's not 10 generations, it's forever. Oh, okay. Someone's a little bit more relaxed degree. than the other. Yeah. Um, How liberal of them. Huh. <laughs> the rationale varies from the earlier report that Israel detoured around Ammon without requesting assistance and received food and water from Moab. So uh, there's a conflict in previous written sources about this. I can't believe they're not consistent. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't have a, it's like they didn't have a, a larger editor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Volume editor. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. And like someone in charge of the different translations could, could really harmonize them all together. Mm-hmm. Yet the Lord your God refused to heed Balaam. The Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loved you. So you had all this hardship because God loves you. Sure, you shall sure. never promote their welfare or their prosperity as long as you live. So fuck them. Okay. I do kind of prescribe to that type of grudge. Um, some would say that's not healthy. I say you wrong me. I'll wait. I mean, holding a grudge like that against 10 generations or forever generations does seem a bit toxic. Because some of them weren't the yes. thing. I mean, my <laughs> grudges will die with me. So That's true. 
Uh, anyways, I am fueled by anger. It's great. Um, oh, forgiveness I'm, I'm in this thriving. portion of the Bible, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> you shall not abhor any of the Edomites, for they are your kin. You shall not abhor any of the Egyptians, because you were an alien residing in their land. I don't really get that. Uh, Edomites' perspective here differs from that biblical text in which the Edomites are condemned for their participation in the destruction of Jerusalem. For whatever reason, this injunction about you don't have to abhor the Egyptians, uh, remar- according to the quote, it says, this injunction remarkably overlooks the enslavement. I love academic professional talk sometimes where the author just can't come out and say, like, oh, this is really fucked. Uh, and so they have to say it and just couch it in, you know, scholarly terms. Like, hmm, this is a little surprising that given the slavery. <laughs> okay. The children of the third generation that are born to them may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. So pretty much if you married an Egyptian or an Edomite in this situation, in the third generation, those can be legit um, citizens. When you are encamped against your enemies, you shall guard against any impropriety. The theology of holy war forms God's direct participation in the campaign creating a demand for heightened purity like that required of the entire people at Sinai, which is in Exodus, and we'll deal with us some other point. Sexual abstinence seems also to have been required. Shocking. So they're telling a whole bunch of dudes that this is a holy war, so they're not supposed to go in and rape and pillage. I'm sure that went well. No rape. Mm-hmm. I no mean- sex. I I like the rule there, but I question the enforcement. (laughs) I bet that was never enforced. Okay, um, hot take on my part. If one of you becomes unclean because of of a nocturnal omission, then he shall go outside the camp. He must not come within the camp. The entire (laughs) army leaves the camp. (laughs) So you're telling me that these men who are in a holy war who have to be abstinent have no form of sexual release for themselves whatsoever are, you know, they have, you know, a wet dream at any point in time. Like, oh, sorry, I got to go home. (laughs) Well, sorry, I have to go outside of the camp until I'm pure and can come back inside. I just my sleeping bag got to go for a while. (laughs) All right. Cool, cool, cool. That's a very specific and hilarious rule. So no wet dreams. When evening comes, he shall wash himself with water. And when the sun is set, he may come back into the camp. I mean, I hope he washes his bed, too. (laughs) Cool. All right. Slightly specific. You shall have a designated area outside the camp to which you shall go. Okay, so they have a little special camp for the wet dreamers. All no. Right. no. No. This is for where you're going to take your shit. And... Oh, okay. I mean, that's a good policy. That's a good policy. It is good policy. You don't shit where you eat and sleep. I'm going to put that as the rule. That's my summary of it. Don't shit where you eat and sleep. Also, you need to listen to your cousin confession. Sorry, what? <laughs> you need to listen to the gag. Listen to the what? The, the gag, the gossip about the corpse part. Oh, okay. For this past month, I'm telling you, there's also for this this whole thing. Don't shit. Yeah, where you sleep. It's a there's a, there's a whole thing that you need to listen okay. to. 
anyways, okay. We're, we're, get, we're getting to the end uh, soon. Okay. Uh, with your utensils, you shall have a trowel. When you relieve yourself outside, you shall dig a hole with it and then cover up your excrement. That's good camping in general. Yeah, that's a good policy. It's like a litter box. It's like what my cats do. Yeah, you bury it. <laughs> bury your shit. Yeah, my cats. I approve of this rule. This is not cray-cray. This is reese-reese. <laughs> yeah. Because the Lord your God travels along with your camp to save you and to hand over your enemies to you, therefore your camp must be holy, so that he may not see anything indecent among you and turn away from you. All right. This Thanks, is Dad. very vague, and I feel like this is a rule that, because of its vagueness, could be very much abused. <laughs> Slaves who have escaped to you from their owners shall not be given back to them. They shall reside with you and your mist in any place they choose in any one of your towns. Wherever they please, you shall not oppress them, a.k.a. no slavery. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good okay, one. I like this rule, too. This is a great rule. Okay. The law rejects the almost universal stipulation within ancient Near Eastern law that escaped slaves must be returned. This, the extraordinary repetition emphasizes that the entire community must be open to these slaves. None, like okay. None of the daughters of Israel shall be a temple prostitute. None of the sons of Israel, of Israel shall be a temple prostitute. So no temple prostitutes of any gender expression. You shall not bring the fee of a prostitute or the wages of a male prostitute into the house of the Lord your God in payment for any vow, for both of these are abhorrent to the Lord your God. I guess you could pay them elsewhere. Yeah, it seems. Or is it? No, I think it's the money. Like you can't give the money. Oh, that makes it's, sense. It's tainted money. It's tainted money. It's dirty money. So you can't pay them. I wonder. No, you can't use that money to pay other bills or you to can't, pay God. Especially, especially if you give money to the temple, you can't use that money to give that money to the temple. Because you can't, you can't use that money to buy your birds. Okay, so you can't use for your whole around budget for your donation budget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. They have you two separate funding schemes. You can't. You can't use the money you get paid as a sex worker to also sacrifice to the temple. Hmm. Seems like the temple's really losing out on some money there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bad profit scheme here. Okay. Uh, You shall not charge interest on loans to another Israelite. Interest on money. Interest on provisions. Interest on anything that is lent. On loans to a foreigner, you may charge interest. But on loans to another Israelite, you may not charge interest. So that the Lord your God may bless you in all of your undertakings in the land that you're about to enter and possess. And this actually comes into big play during the medieval period because that allows Jews to charge interest. And then people, this is also leads to a lot of anti-Semitism because Christians can't charge each other interest, but Jews can charge Christians interest and things get messy. Yeah. Uh, Follow up. Hey, um, if there happens to be any very strong believing Christian people that are listening to this, why aren't we encouraging the Christians to um, take up more in arms the fact that maybe Americans shouldn't be charging interest to other Americans? And it would really help with the student loan debt situation that we have going on, maybe? Like, we could reduce the debt. Like, why, why, aren't we, why aren't we campaigning as strongly for that as we are for some of these other niche parts of the uh, the Bible? 
like because Christian specific... nationalism doesn't apply to capitalism. Oh, I see. I see. Jesus was famously capitalistic, wasn't he? All right. Um, okay. Yep. Well, I'm just just a suggestion I'm throwing out there. I might be more convinced by some of the Christian arguments. Maybe if you go for the the economic uh, and fiscal um, aspects of uh, some of these rules here in Leviticus or De- Deuteronomy. <laughs> Wherever the fuck we are now. I do make a vow to the Lord your God. Do not postpone filling it. AKA. Yeah, keep your promises. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you would incur you would incur guilt. Mm. So he's gonna guilt you into it, like a like yeah. a good old parent would do. Making a promise to God sounds like it'll get you into a real monkey's paw situation, so. <laughs> I wouldn't make any promises to God. <laughs> I'm sorry, of what situation? A monkey's paw. Monkey's like, paw? You know, yeah, do you know the story of the monkey's paw? Okay, give a like, summary. I don't remember yeah, who do. first wrote it. But, basically, a guy finds it. Was by Poe? It might be Poe. Like, there's been like a whole bunch of variants of the monkey's paw, though. I think it might be Edgar Allan Poe. But basically, guy gets a hold of like a de- desiccated, you know, monkey's paw or whatever. Oh, no. It is a horror short story by Arthur W.W. W. Jacobs, first published in England in the collection The Lady of the Barge in 1902. Yeah. Basically, it's like uh, you can make wishes on the monkey's paw, but you have to be extremely specific with them because otherwise, three wishes, and otherwise it will go very, very wrong. And I forget what the first two wishes this guy makes. They seem to go maybe okay, but then like he wishes like someone, like his grandfather or father or family, back to life or something, and they turn to zombies and try to get into his house and stuff. It does not go well. But there's been like <laughs> okay. a bajillion different variations of this, where you know, you of of different stories where it's like. You better be careful with what you wish for, otherwise I'm gonna make it fucking scary and not cool. <laughs> I was gonna say we had this book of like Christmas stories growing up, and there was one about this man who wished that every day was Christmas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That everyone goes grows to hate Christmas because they have to keep giving gifts to each other and like eating feasts and Yeah. They yeah. hate sugar plums. Yeah, there's like I'm pretty sure the Simpsons I, has a monkey's paw episode. I wouldn't be surprised if it was part of like the the Treehouse of Horrors, one of those episodes or, or something. I like that. very clearly remember reading that. Like we had a whole horror section in like my Englishy lit class in I think I think it was my I think it was when I was in eighth grade. We read like a whole bunch of like Poe short stories, and then we also did the monkey's paw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think yeah. we have the same unit. Um, what You Miss, Claire, also it's a classic, so and it should be available free online. It'd be a short read. Yeah. I highly okay. recommend that you fill in your... Uh, well, and education. also just, you probably encountered a similar story that's like based off of that, like Throughout, some yeah, sort of yeah. show that you've watched over time, so it's, it's not that big of a deal, but yeah, it's a monkey's paw situation. <laughs> Don't make out a problem because I'm pretty sure he'll he'll fuck around with it and you'll find out. Um, it's cool, I learned one. something. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, uh, give you a nice yeah. reading recommendation. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. And uh, But if you refrain from vowing, you will not incur guilt. Oh, there you go. So, um, yeah. A foreigner as a distinct from resident alien. Uh, oh, a resident alien is someone who fully participated in Israel's social welfare, welfare system. I'd like to learn more about that. 
<laughs> a vow promises payment of something to God, usually a sacrifice at a temple, in exchange for receiving something. This cautious reserve about vows, understandable in light of judge, uh, judges, which we will get to at some time, closely corresponds to wisdom teachings. Um, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Whatever your lips utter, you must deli- uh, diligently perform, just as you freely vow to the Lord, your God, with your own mouth. I'm going to collapse that into keep your promises and, you know, be truthful and all that jazz. Whether it's to God or to your people. Yeah. yeah. If you go into your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes, as many as you wish. But you shall not put any, put any in a container. Can't take that shit home. Well, that's a weird rule. You could just walk into your neighbors <laughs> and just start eating the shit out of their crops. That's so. This is so. I'll tell you according to the footnote. This is um. Well, I'll tell you the last one, and then I'll tell you what the uh the the footnote does to clarify that. Um, if you go into your neighbor's standing, if you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the ears with your hand, but you shall not put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. So pretty much what it's saying is that um, these rules are meant to prohibit exploitation of um, Deuteronomy has an extensive support system for the needy, which we have not covered, um, what came, I think, before and after this passage. But um, pretty much it's where you just take, like, if you're hungry, you can go eat your neighbor's grapes, but you're not going to take them home and keep them. So you're not taking away from someone else who may also need to be hungry. And also you're not taking away from your neighbor's livelihood if you are indeed hungry. Okay. That makes sense. It sounded sus at first, but actually I kind of like this. Yeah. And then uh, you can pluck the ears with your hand from the grain. And that's just kind of to address immediate hunger. But you're not going in there with a sickle harvesting your neighbor's Mm -hmm. grain. Because that's more than what you would need yeah. if you were hungry. So it's okay. more about um, like a, a nice social welfare, welfare system. Yeah, that actually sounds like a great system that could also be adopted in the United States if certain groups of people would actually push for that portion of uh, biblical teaching. So, Deuter- so Deuteronomy uh, 23 starts out pray. Yeah, yeah. And ends pretty, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, balls to the walls, but then uh, actually quite reasonable, dude. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, um, yeah, so pretty much these are some nice Old Testament stories that we were ne- hmm. um, whenever in, you know, Sunday school. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I- I'm guessing that uh, the teachers of the, the little kids probably didn't want to get into the nitty-gritty of that uh especially that section um in leviticus talking about all the in- different kinds of incest and then having to explain what that means <laughs> i also yeah, no. just can imagine little uh shit uh kids who are trying to crush their uh other shit kids uh testicles um so that they can't be <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, I don't think you could possibly get through any of the discharge talk without the kids just, like, laughing their asses off. He, I don't think that would have been a very productive Sunday school lesson anyway, um, because even I kind of found it hilarious. Um, 
but I just imagine children with an even more juvenile sense of humor than perhaps even me, uh, probably just, you couldn't get through that lesson. Uh, though they would just be so grossed out, you just couldn't keep their attention. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that would probably be, have been me as a child, because I remember whenever I was in fifth grade, uh, it was like my first year back, like it was my first year in public school, and it was already traumatizing in many different ways. <laughs> Um, not to least, uh, my inability to choose my own clothing for like the entirety of my life. And then at mm. age 10, I, in the beginning were still was wearing hand-me-downs and finally was able to pick out my own clothes. And, um, which is also probably why I'm really into clothes now. But, uh, at that point, um, yeah, some bad fashion choices were made on, um, there was orange, there's a picture day where I just got awful. I'm burn and burn every copy. Anyways, um, orange is not good on my skin. And um, yeah, but we had a whole health section where they like talked to us about like the uterus and the ovaries and all the stuff in, in Catholic school before then. I had nothing. I really didn't know very much about human anatomy. And I was just like, what the fuck? I'm like, that's those are inside of me. I don't. I was just so grossed out. I was like, I hate, I hate men. I hate everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you mean I'm going to bleed out of my body at some point? I yeah. think I'm going to throw up. I've read some, a few things about like why, like the scientific evolutionary reasons for why uh, certain mammals like us and like elephant trues developed a menstrual cycle instead of, you know, having an estrus like other mammals and stuff do and basically the 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 biggest hypothesis that they have is that because the placenta is so aggressive and because especially human births are so it takes so much time and energy to put into growing a, a human being in your body it's actually more energy efficient for the female human body to save up every month all the energy that they might need and get a head start on building a human being and then likely have to waste it and flush it away than it would be to try and do it on the fly like some of the other animals do uh and i say to i'm like well this is why there's no such thing as intelligent design or deliberate creation because that's fucking stupid and the only way that that could have possibly happened is by shit-ass chance <laughs> and like a series of decisions that were good in the immediate moment and not in the long term i, I have to say um a man's penis is hilarious it it <laughs> both urinates and uh as uh as as uh our nice discharges Oxford, <laughs> it, it discharges semen with it, our nice it discharges and misses um yeah which is why you know they should take so many fucking showers and baths and stuff <laughs> i use soap they're just not as advanced as the female ladies with the one with you know the multiple holes you know and everything it's different but many of them don't seem to know that they're different holes as i have seen on tiktok way too many women um, explaining conservative to their boyfriends conservative politicians yeah oh, i mean that goes without saying <laughs> all right I well know. i learned a lot of rules about bathing and sexy times <laughs> And not so sexy times, um, and not current so, and discharges. So many yeah, discharges, so, so much discharge. I just I've heard that word way too much over the 
episode. <laughs> At first, I was really grossed out by it, but I've slowly become more and more immune to it. But yeah, uh, it's um. I'm actually kind of surprised with how many of the rules, like, I'm like, actually, I can see the logic of that, and it actually seems kind of reasonable. Um, there was actually more of them than I thought there would be. Uh, and then there was a lot of dove killing and um, more testicle crushing than I thought there would, would be um, in this talk. <laughs> Claire, do you have any closing thoughts? No, I mean, <laughs> just that Sunday school is censored censored yeah actually i actually have a question like do people eventually generally like when you don't have to go to sunday school anymore and you go to big kid church time adult church time uh, whatever you call there that actually part. no 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 jen sunday school is in addition to normal church time ah jesus christ what a miserable time all right <laughs> <laughs> i mean odd <laughs> I mean, it kind of depends, but most of the time, Sunday school is uh, separate. Okay, because, like, okay, the few times that I attended, I went to church time with my, my friend. We went there, we sat in, like, the big room with, like, all the adults and the kids and everyone were there. And there was a lot of songs that I do not know what they meant or were called and have no idea what the words were. Uh, I was just It there. doesn't matter. They're probably all awful. I mean, uh, yeah, I couldn't even sing along with them. Like, this doesn't seem very participatory. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you guys all know all these well, words. Well, if you had gone to Catholic, if you had gone to Catholic Mass, uh, you would have had a little booklet that you could have sung along, and they would have the numbers, and if you could sing along. Yeah. Uh, but then, like at one point, like all of the kids were dismissed to go like their little Sunday school classes, and the adults stayed in like the main room area. No clue what they did. I wasn't there. Uh, There's so often that, but then there can also be like first hour of church and then second hour of church. Rather be sleeping. <laughs> some some people literally, um, some people literally will go to like get to church at like eight a.m. and not leave until lunchtime. And then, if you want to spiritually keep up with the Joneses, you can also go to Wednesday night church. Yep, you had to go Wednesday. This is a lot of a lot of time. Um, I'm thinking I'm happier being uh the secular friend in a hell play than I would be going to all this church time. <laughs> um but yeah okay so i'd say like these stories point, don't the grown-ups don't really talk about these stories either okay that's what i was that's what, really what i was getting at is that like do you learn these at some point or are they just kind of conveniently skipped in favor of other messages um because everyone seems pretty much know the gayness part in leviticus um, i feel like i have heard the judah and tamar story during like a nativity series sermon since they were going through like the women named in Jesus Jesus's lineage, but mm. um, okay, I yeah. never heard. Yeah, but it's still infrequent and sort of weird. Like, no, this is normally like this is you stumble across this when you're curious. Like elementary school mind is like, why are they skipping random passages of Genesis in the reading chart? Then you go through and read that, and it's like, what is okay. this? Yeah, yeah, I imagine like. The few kids that do go back and like reread the missing sections, like what did they ask their parents and how do the parents respond to them? The episode <laughs> title will tell you when you're older. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And then the older, the telling part of it never happens. You get older, but no one ever tells you. Um, it just makes me wonder if uh, more people actually went back and read it, how they would explain certain um, 
stricter policies and they're like they're, they tend to have this well, some people tend I'm to have this more like they idealize a literal reading of the bible but then if they went back and actually read the literal parts of it they might not necessarily feel that way maybe i don't know just my speculation as an outsider here <laughs> it all depends yeah um well so yeah Thank you for listening to this lesson of Remedial Sunday School. And we hope to see you at our next lesson. Bye. Bye. Bye.